Welcome to this presentation of North Star Anesthesia. All right. Well, welcome yeah. uh, here for another North Star podcast in our media center. Very excited to have some pretty special people here. You know, when we think about the seasons and everything that we've just been through, it's been pretty rare uh, that we get to have all of the talent that we have sitting at this table with us at one time. But uh, I'm super excited to be here for those that are uh, listening in. Uh, this is Brian Woods. I'm the president uh, here at North Star Anesthesia. We are honored to be joined today by our CEO, Adam Spiegel. We have our new and incoming Chief Anesthetist Officer, Randy Moore, and we have our Chief Quality Officer, Josh Lumley. So welcome, gentlemen. Thanks. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, as we were talking earlier uh, in the day, we're talking about all the different seasons and how things are shifting and, and how it feels a little bit different to be back here in the office together, but uh, excited for the, the work we're doing here. Uh, Adam, let me throw it to you and just kind of let's talk about obviously a big season last year with COVID, not just for North Star, but for all of healthcare and the world. Uh, I'm just curious, what, what are your thoughts about North Star and how we're positioned and, and how are things looking as we're coming out of that COVID era uh, moving forward as an anesthesia services company? Yeah, you know, um, I guess from a, a bottom line perspective, we're feeling very good. Um, you know, the nice thing is that coming into the crisis, we had very little debt. Hmm. Um, so we were able to spend money um, on our providers uh, when they needed it. And, you know, on the back end of this, we're actually in very good financial shape, which is great. Um, I think as an organization, as a result, we're positioned well. Um, I think a lot of you know, our hospitals have had a rough time. I know our providers, you know, we may be together for the first time, but our providers have had to be on the front lines the entire time. That's right. Um, and it's been a real tough time for them as well. So, you know, I think the fact that we don't have to worry about the financial stuff as much as we do focusing on um, our providers is, is the most important thing for us to stay focused on. Um, so, you know, we're in good shape. Uh, we feel good relative to our clients are happy with us. and. Mm -hmm. You know, we just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by our providers who have had a really tough year. Absolutely. Well, you know, as I think back through all the different things, I, I know that there was such an immediate, uh, you know, purposeful response from the executives here, from our sponsor, Cranemere, and so forth. You know, Josh, you were just then coming yeah. into your chief quality officer role and really jumped forward and took the lead on helping us with a lot of the stuff we were doing around the nation to take care of people. But um, Adam, I'll come back to you. Just, uh, just curious, as a leader, uh, you know, crisis breeds leadership. And I'm just curious, as a leader, uh, what, what was your biggest takeaway or what was the most important thing that you observed as the leader of our company last year as we kind of stepped into and then survived the COVID era? Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, it's all the things you hear about leadership um, actually play out. So rather than worry about anything, that, you know, the first thing we really focused on was our people. And it's cliche, um, but that's exactly what we did. So when we were, you know, talking to the board and we were talking to our banks, you know, it was all about how do we make sure that we don't have to have our people worried about is their paycheck going to look the same next week? Right. Um, are they able to, you know, uh, come into work and feel safe? Um, those are the things that we really wanted to focus on. How do we get the PPE that we needed up front? How do we make sure that people are paid on the back end for people who had blown through their all their PTO? How do we give them some days that they can take off mm -hmm. in the second half of the year because they had been you know, they may have been immunocompromised or had other reasons that they were away from the workforce. We want to make sure that they can come back and, you know, be somewhat sustainable on the back end. Um, that's what we focused on. And, you know, as you get coming out of this 12 months later, volumes are back. They're back to where they were before. And, you know, we're doing fine as an organization from a financial perspective because we did the right thing during the crisis, which was to care of our people. And that way, you know, our people are still around. 
I think a lot of other organizations and a lot of our clients as well shed people, and now they're desperately trying to bring those people back, and you know they're in a, they're in much worse shape than we are. Well, um, I, I'll just say this: uh, uh, being here, being able to be a leader in that era, I was super proud of the response from Crane Mirror and the support we got. You know, almost instantaneously in that conversation, um, and and I was thrilled uh, to see how well we were able to take care of our providers in our space. Even a lot of people, you know, small groups, medium groups, large groups, a lot of people had to go through a lot of pretty difficult cuts. And I was super proud to be a part of North Star uh, and to see that commitment from our folks. Um, thinking about getting to where we're at, and, and like you said, the volumes are back and the demand's there, and we're all working hard again, cranking out the OR cases uh, and getting them off the board every day. Um, what's the future for North Star right now? What, what are, what's kind of the future vision for where we go from here forward? Yeah, I mean, as a long-term or uh, focused company, you know, we're not in this to flip the company in a couple of years. You know, this is about how do we develop a you know, sustainable company for the long term, you know, there's really three areas that we keep coming back to to make that a good, successful long-term company. And the first is we have to become a destination employer for CRNAs and anesthesiologists. And the reason behind that is this is a group that is less than half a percent unemployed. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of competition as to where they can go. They can go anywhere. We want to be that employer that they want to work for and want to stay working for. And I think that's the number one thing we have to focus on. The second piece is we need to actually provide returns to our clients more than the stipend that we get from them. And the reason for that is if you look at healthcare economics, hospital margins are continuing to shrink and yet their anesthesia subsidy is going up right. every year. And what we've got to do is figure out how do we help our hospitals um, actually improve the care that they're providing? Because if we can do that, if we can get people out of the hospital faster, if we can reduce the amount of opioids um, that we're prescribing on a regular basis, we're actually going to drive value well beyond anything that they'd be paying us from a stipend perspective. And then finally, you know, we need to run these sites efficiently. Um, and I think that helps our people so that they're not doing a bunch of work and sitting around when they don't have work to do. Um, and it helps our, you know, hospitals run uh, more effectively as volumes start to shift to the outpatient um, arena. You know, we've got to figure out how to, you know, do more with less um, from a OR perspective. How do we help them um, run their blocks more effectively? How do we, you know, think about making sure that things are starting on time and ending on time? We've got to help them. Um, help themselves. So I think those are really, if we can, we can hit those three areas, we are going to be in a fantastic place uh, as we look at, you know, five years from now. Well, that's great. Well, uh, one of the phrases we hear around here a lot is, you know, without vision, there's death. And I think you and the rest of the executive team have done a really good job of laying out those core results uh, that we need to be going on. And while we have different goals year to year, those are kind of evergreen results the way that you talk about them. And so uh, I, I think that's going to be a great vision for us to follow the destination employer, creating value plus and then running efficient sites. Uh, Randy, let me uh, first welcome. Uh, it's really glad to have you uh, projected to come in and be a part of our team uh, later this year. Uh, let me ask you a question about the, one of the first of those. I'm just curious, as you think about being a destination employer related to the CRNA functions, I'm just curious what you think about that vision and uh, how that's going to affect the, some of the things you do as you come into your new role here later this year. Yeah, thanks, Brian. First, thank you for having me. It's a great conversation. Thinking about how North Star positions itself, obviously we have to be competitive right. from a financial perspective. I mean, that's, that's just what we have to do and that's what we want to do. But from my perspective and in talking with the other leaders within the company, there's a real appreciation that the way we differentiate ourselves from the other folks is to create a dynamic culture mm. and to make this a place where all of our providers see the purpose, feel attached to the purpose, 
they, they see that there's, there's growth opportunities, whether they're interested in leadership or other clinical interests. And I think for, for us, and again, it goes back to having that long-term vision. You know, we're, we are not here to sell the company in, in X amount of years. We're here to build something really special. And to do that, it requires intentionality. It requires investment. And I think that done well will differentiate us from, from other companies and will create a really dynamic culture. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're committed to that end for both physicians and CRNAs uh, to make those uh, statements true and, and something that we're really pressing on. Josh, let me turn to you um, as we talk about, you know, value plus and creating that value beyond the subsidy that we get paid. Uh, a lot of that falls under your uh, area as the chief quality officer and, and the programs that you're leading there. So I'm just curious how you think about that vision and our value proposition as a company as we move forward. Yeah, you know, thanks, Brian. So I, I think the playing field is set with we all have to report MIPS and mm -hmm. you know I want our teammates to know I want all of our clinical colleagues to know we do a really really good job right. um, on MIPS uh, 25 out of 26 of our tax IDs are performing at CMS's exceptional level and that's not a surprise to me that is representative of all of the hard you know the great clinical work that all of our uh, teammates do in the operating room day in and day right. out but as we look kind of around the corner, we are coming to a value-based care kind of paradigm, which is we have to be able to avoid readmissions, we have to be able to avoid complications, and those are things that we can impact tremendously. And so, you know, next steps as we think about where we wanna go in the Office of Clinical Quality, it is going to be laying out a lot of uh, service line specific um, standardized techniques hmm. for the for the care of those patients and we know that those will have impacts on being able to reduce readmissions reduce complications improve patient satisfaction um, but it's not just that like we've got to be able to capture that data so that we as a team you know you as a medical director a chief CRNA you can go back to surgical governance and say you know what we saw for total knees was length of stay was 1.8 and we're down to 0.9. In mm. fact, we're starting to do same day total joints. Right. That's what we see as the value plus proposition for uh, for making sure that our uh, you know our patients, our surgeons, our hospital administrators are very content. But more broadly, us as clinicians, that we know that we're practicing you know great anesthesia in this constant push to drive in, in, increased you know clinical quality and patient safety. Absolutely. Well, um, it's it's been a it's been a long time coming. So grateful for you and, and the leadership you're providing there. Um, but to get to that point where we as clinicians and, and providers can be doing that level of work to truly change outcomes, uh, that's certainly something we've all talked about and pursued. But I, I'm very excited to see where that goes and to see the objective measurements of those things that you mentioned there. That's going to be really key. Adam, let's come back to you for the the final of the three. Um, when we talk about efficient sites. Um, talk to me a little bit about how does that really support the vision of what we're trying to do as a value company um, and, and what are the things that our uh, providers and clinicians out in the field are going to need to be thinking about when we talk about having a result of efficient sites? Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing that, you know, it's a, it's a mental shift to some degree, mm. um, which is we need our teammates to think about this as if it's their own company. And I think if they think about the look, um, running this OR as effectively as possible is how you know I would treat this if it was my own organization. They're gonna do the right things. Um, I think what happens now all too often is, 
look, we're it's not my it's not my dollars. And you know, a lot of surgeons have this perspective as well. They act very differently in an ASC right. um, than mm-hmm. when they do a surgery in an OR. Right. Right. And it's because in the ASC it's my money, in the OR it's the hospital's money. So devices, length of length of time, the efficient use of blocks, all that deteriorates when it's not their their dollars at stake. And we've got to figure out a way to get our teams to have that same sense of ownership over um, what's happening in the OR. And if we feel that ownership, we're going to run very effective sites. And, you know, that's a cultural thing, like Randy was going. Mm. And there's an economic piece that we're going to have to figure out as well um, to, to, to sort of achieve that. Excellent. Well, uh, I know just from some of the conversations we've got to have, I'm excited in future uh, conversations here on the podcast and, and around the company uh, that we'll be able to start talking about some of those programs and things. And um, so, gentlemen, I think that's a great summary of kind of where we're at. And, uh, you know, it was a really, really hard year for our families, for our teams, uh, for the company, for the country, for sure. Um, but I, I'm excited about where the vision is uh, and excited to have all of you on board and helping lead on these three core results. Um, and we'll talk more about those in our future podcasts. So thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this North Star Learning Podcast. 